Football is back, baby. Woo! What's going on? Thursday, September 10th. My name is John Yerks, and welcome to another episode of Yerks Talks. Today, we're talking some NBA, and I'm going to detail my favorite game in the playoffs so far. We've got some MLB stuff we're going to get into, but the big thing tonight, the Thursday night game, we're going to preview that between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans. You can follow me on Twitter at John Yerks. Follow the podcast at Yerks Talks on Instagram. It is a jam-packed episode. We are just going to get right into it. And we will start with the NBA. We had two games last night. First one, the Clippers beat the Nuggets in Game 4. They now lead that series 3-1. to one. Both teams didn't shoot the ball well last night. Uh, the, the Clippers shot 42%. Denver shot 40%. The Clippers won this one with defense. They played really good defense on the stretch. They forced 17 turnovers by Denver. The Nuggets in this one, they just could never catch up. They uh, never led this game. Uh, it was close in one uh, at one point in the game. In the third quarter, they ended up tying the game. But then the Clippers bounced right back, and they uh, ended the third quarter up 10. Whenever the Nuggets would try to make a run, the Clippers would just come right back. It felt like they were going one step forward and the Clippers would make them go two steps back. The whole game was like that. Uh, besides the time in the third quarter, that's as close as it would get. The Clippers end up, ended up going on to win this one, 96-85. Leonard was huge in this one. He had 30 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists, 4 steals, and he also added in 2 blocks. When he, I mean, he's he's up there with LeBron, right? He's, he's You can make an argument he's the best player in the NBA, but uh, after what I've seen LeBron do, in these first couple playoff games. It's still LeBron, but Kawhi on his day is right there. You can make an argument for him on his best days. Sixth man of the year for uh, the Clippers, Montrell's Harold. He put in 15, and then Lou Williams also off the bench. He had 12. On Denver's side of things, Jokic once again had a solid night. 26 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists. Murray, he struggled again. The defense against him in this series has been insane. Patrick Beverly's been all over him. Beverly's a guy who on the Clippers, you love to have him. On the Nuggets, you hate to play against a guy like this. Just He's like a gnat in your face all the time, just trying to antagonize you. But yeah, he's out there and he plays really good defense. I like Beverly a lot. He does trash talk a lot, and he doesn't really do much on the offensive side of the thing, but on the offensive side of things. But he's a solid player in the NBA. He's a solid piece that can help you win a championship for sure. But yeah, so Murray did struggle, but he did find a way to be productive in this one. He had 18 points, 7 assists. Porter Jr. once again had a solid game, 15 points and 6 rebounds. He has to get the, – the Nuggets got to get people more involved, right? They need more points, or Murray just has to play out of his mind. Murray's a good player, but he's just not there yet, you know? He just can't deal with the, the defense, people being in his face. But uh, he was mic'd up last night, and I just admired how – he just kept staying with it, you know, kept taking shots. He wasn't gun-shy. He knew he had to provide for his team, you know, help Jokic out. So we'll see in the next game, but this is probably going to be over the Clippers. And they do look the favorite to win the to win the whole thing. They have so much depth, you know, Leonard's getting it going. They didn't even need Paul George last night. They, they won it on the defensive side of, of the court. They look like the team to beat right now. The second game last night, and this – was a great one. Game of the playoffs for me. This was peak playoff basket hoops, in my opinion. 
the game six between the Celtics and the Raptors. This was a thriller. Again, in this one, both teams did not really shoot the ball that well, but this was just about grinding out possessions, finding ways to be productive, and it was a great game. I actually thought that this was going to be over pretty early, though. Boston was up 12 uh, in the second quarter, but Serge Ibaka for Toronto, he ended up cutting that lead. He had three big threes in the quarter, and the Raptors only went in to the half down four. Toronto came out big in the third quarter. They ended up taking the lead going into that fourth quarter. And, yeah, it just was crazy game down the stretch. We go late into the fourth quarter now. Game's tied at 98. 44 seconds left. Pascal Siakam for Toronto. He could not buy a bucket in this one. It was insane. He drives late, misses a layup, rebound by Boston. They come down the other way. Kemba Walker, who also struggled, he drives, misses a layup, thinks he gets fouled. Goes up. Toronto goes up, grabs it, call a timeout. They have the possession now. On the replay, I think maybe you could have called it, but I like I like the no call in this in this instant. You know, it was a really back and forth game. You know, I'm of the opinion, you know, like if it's bumping and I, I like physical basketball in the playoffs, so I, I like I appreciate the no call. The game was so tight, it it'd be hard to be hard to uh, make that call late in the game when when it's tied. Three seconds left though for Toronto. They inbound the pass. Uh, they hit a des- They try to go a desperation three. It's nowhere close. Game game goes to overtime. So now we're late into overtime. Toronto's up 106-104. Boston's inbounding the ball with 20 seconds left. They throw an alley-oop off the inbound to Jalen Brown. He catches it, gets fouled, goes to the line, hits two big free throws. So now Raptors got the ball. little under 20 seconds, probably 18 seconds left. I'm thinking, all right, this is Lowry or uh, Van Vliet time, you know. Going to try to work a shot maybe with 10 seconds left, try to get something going and then try to hit a game winner. Uh, No, actually. They drop a play for Norman Powell. Now, if you remember, the last time I was talking about the Celtics and Raptors, so in Game 5, when I was recapping that one, Norman Powell was the leading scorer. And I I had to look him up because I didn't really know who he was. Now, obviously, I know who Norman Powell is, but he's, he's... kind of a he's a bench guy for the Raptors he's you know a no-name guy he doesn't average that many points so I was really surprised by the call here so Norman Powell you know he's doing his thing 10 seconds left goes down eight seven five seconds left starts trying to make a move step back three and it's nowhere close he misses so we go to double overtime remember the name though Norman Powell okay second overtime now we're in the final two minutes and this is where the game just gets insane all right let me break it down okay game's tied now minute 10 or minute 10 game's tied tied at 110 all right boston's got the ball two minutes left alley-oop to tice now they're up two okay toronto comes back down siakam who's been struggling all night he makes a jumper game's tied again boston comes right back down marcus smart in the corner three ball good boston's up three toronto comes back down powell remember the name he hits a three. Game's tied again. Boston comes back down. Alley-oop, another one to Tice. They're up two. Toronto comes back down again. My favorite player, OG Ananubi. I am nailing your name down, boy. I got it handled. OG comes down, hits a three. Toronto's now up one. 
Boston comes back down again. Jason Tatum, he tries to drive. Powell gets the steal, takes it the other way. Goes for a layup, gets fouled, and one, makes the bucket. Toronto is now up four. And I'm thinking, all right, Toronto's up now up four. They've, you know, I'm thinking, okay, this is probably it. Tatum comes back down after giving up the steal, hits a clutch jumper. Now Boston's only down two. Then 30 seconds left. Kyle Lowry comes down. Game on the line. Shot clock running down. Five, four. Step back jumper. Splash. Now Toronto's up four. Tatum's like, no, I'm not done yet. 12 seconds left now. Comes back down. Three-pointer. Good. Now they're only down one. They got a foul, though. They foul. Who of all people? Nick Powell. Norman Nick. Nick Powell. Gee, that just sounds better. It's Norman Powell. N-O-R-M-A-N. The man. Norman Powell. They foul him. He hits both free throws. Toronto's back up one. Five seconds left. Boston's got to inbound it. They got to go the length of the court. They have no timeouts. Tatum's inbounding the ball. He throws it long to Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart catches, turns, hits up a three for the tie, and it's no good. Toronto wins the game. What a what a thriller. 125 to 122. They force a game seven. Toronto was not going home tonight. Whew. What a game. An all-time classic. Cal Lowry, he was a beast in this one. 33 points, 12 of 20 from the field, 6 of 10 from 3, 8 boards, 6 assists. Van Vliet, he put in 21, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. Norman Powell, remember the name, the man, Norman Powell. 10 points in that second overtime, 23 off the bench. He was sensational. On On, on the Boston side of things, Jalen Brown, he had 31 points, 16 rebounds. Tatum, he did struggle early in this one, but he just kept shooting. I'm, I can't wait to watch Tatum these next few years. You know, the moment was not too big for him. He needed to provide for his team. By the way, keep in mind, this Boston team, they're doing this without Gordon Hayward, all right? And Gordon Hayward's one of their better players. So the fact that they've been as good as they've been in this playoffs is really sensational. This is going to be a really good Boston team for a very long time. But, yeah, so Tatum had 29 14 boards, 9 assists. Marcus Smart, a guy that I should be mentioning. Uh, I didn't mention him in the last game. He's essentially Boston's Draymond Green. So, if you guys don't know, Draymond Green plays for the Warriors, and he's kind of their uh, gadget player. He does it all. So, he you know, plays really good defense, can um, assist really well, rebounds the ball. He just He's scrappy. He does everything, you know. And that's Marcus Smart. And so... For uh, Golden State, when Draymond Green stor- scoring, in addition to, so when they made that playoff run, right, when it was uh, pre-Kevin Durant, when Draymond Green was in the playoffs, right, so that pre-Golden State team with uh, Sean Livingston, Curry, Clay Thompson, Andre Iguodala, pre-Kevin Durant, uh, Draymond Green was averaging almost a triple-double in the playoffs. So when he scores, they're unstoppable to beat, right? And then when he brought Kevin Durant into that as well, he was just great. So he he's insane. He's he's sensational. He's a great um, assistant player to the superstars, right? So this year you saw Draymond Green. He really struggled because he can't be a superstar. But he's a great team player to have on that team. Same with Marcus Smart. He had a sensational night. He had a triple-double. 23 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists in a loss. It's brutal. Tice, the big man for Boston, he had 18. Great night for him. He was he was all over the place hustling. 
Uh, yeah, it was a shame Boston lost this one. They had great stat lines. Kemba Walker, I think, was one of the reasons that they did. He only had five points in this one. Two of 11 from the field. Seven assists. He, you know, kept grinding, kept, you know, playing really solid defense. He just could not get it going offensively. If you haven't watched any basketball this year, and I don't blame you. You know, I, I've talked about it in the beginning episodes, too, where I've just been out on basketball. You should watch this game tomorrow. Game seven between the Raptors and the Celtics. I know that you might not have a horse in the fight or a dog in the race. A horse in the fight? Jesus Christ. <laughs> like a horse in the in the race, I think is what it is. Or a dog in the fight. I mixed that up somehow. I know you might not have an interest. There we go. That's what I should have said. You might not have an interest in this series, but this game seven is just going to be probably really solid basket hoops. So, yeah, I would tune in if you can. Tonight, we actually have more basket hoops. We have uh, only one game uh, because the Bucks suck. Anyway, uh, game four between the Lakers and the Rockets. The Lakers lead this series two to one. The big question mark in this one, obviously, can Rondo keep it up? Can he keep being that playoff Rondo? I forgot to mention this in the last episode. He got his 1,000th, 1,000th, there we go, tough. His uh, 1,000th, oh my God, career assist last night. And then the other question mark, obviously, or last game. And then the other question mark is, will Westbrook have another good game? You know, he actually had a really good game in game three, but uh, Eric Gordon really kind of dropped the ball for them. And then they didn't really play that well defensively. So they, they need to make the Lakers shoot the three ball. If they do that, then they have a really good chance of winning. If not, then it's going to be a little bit tough. Especially with Westbrook, you don't really know. You're flipping coins out there. So should be a good game regardless. And that's tonight. Moving on to baseball. Going to be doing something a little bit different from this one. Remember in the last episode, I talked about how I'm only going to really focus on the Padres. But I do want to touch on other games. So we've got some headlines from last night from around the league. Uh, first thing, first off, Reds beat the Cubs 3-zip. It was a pitcher's battle between Trevor Bauer and Hugh Darvish, Cy Young candidates. Bauer was sensational. He went seven and two-thirds, three hits, no walks, and ten strikeouts. Darvish, he had he bounced he had a rough uh, beginning of the game. He gave up a three-run homer to former Cub Mike Moustakis, who's actually had the Cubs numbers all year. He's been doing great against them. Anytime I watch the Reds play the Cubs this year, Moustakis is either getting on base or hitting home runs. So he's been incredible. Darvish after that, though, was really good. He was consistent like he's been all year. He ended up going six innings, two hits, three, three earned, three walks, and nine strikeouts. I've loved Trevor Bauer this year, by the way. All the stuff he's done from the beginning of the year, talking about talking trash a bit against the Astros and getting into fights with some of the players to wearing uh, the free Joe Kelly cleats, the Dodgers reliever who threw at the Astros. He's just been <laughs> to chugging beers on the mound. Uh, it's been sensational. He got interviewed last night after the game, and uh, he was talking about, oh, I should have wrote the quote down. I didn't. But essentially, the Cubs are very loud they're kind of like the potters in the sense that like they chirp a lot and they're very active and they hit home runs they get really excited you know they're like a little league team and so trevor bauer was saying yeah i was really surprised that they kept chirping you know even even when i was uh leaving the game in the eighth they just kept chirping and you know i just thought it was hilarious because they were getting um it was weird that they were chirping a guy that was shoving it up their ass for seven and a half innings (laughs) don't change trevor bauer be you 
But yeah, man, he has been killing it this year. He's insane. They had another good outing tonight as well. The Yankees beat the Blue Jays last night in their five-game losing streak. They won 7-2. Debbie Garcia, pitcher for the Yankees, he got his first major league win. He went seven innings, five hits, two earned, no walks, and six strikeouts. The Yankees are now one game above 500. Disappointing year for them again. Same two problems. One, they can't stay healthy. Stanton, Judge, people like that. And then two, their pitching has been horrendous. Uh, Garrett Cole, of all people, has been really bad. He can't stop giving up the home run. Just for whatever reason, Nate, I don't know what it is. He's He was lights out last year, and then for all of a sudden this year, he just keeps giving up home runs. It's crazy. The A's walked it off last night against the Houston Astros. Bottom of the ninth, two outs up. Two outs. Ramon Lariano steps up. Uh, he was suspended last month for charging the Houston dugout. Uh, he was a former Astro. And uh, he also got hit in that game, I believe. He gets his revenge and hits a walk-off RBI single as the A's win that game 3-2. to two. The Houston garbage can drummers, they have now lost seven of their last eight. There were two uh, high-scoring baseball games last night. The first up, first up, the Brewers beat the Tigers 19-0. Oh, my goodness. At least there's one Milwaukee team that can win a game, you know? Hey-oh! <laughs> uh, Corbin Burns was great. He pitched a shutout uh, seven innings. He uh, went seven innings, gave up one hit, no walks, and 11 strikeouts. The Brewers had 21 hits in this one. The Tigers could only imagine two. That is unfortunate. And then the second high-scoring game, the Braves crushed the Marlins 29-9. Adam Duvall for the Braves. He had a night to remember with three home runs and nine RBIs. He had a two-run homer in the second, a three-run ba- three blast in the fifth, and then he had a grand salami in the seventh. What a night. 29-9. Holy. There were, there were tweets about, is this a football game? <laughs> What's going on, man? It was so crazy. Uh, who do you think has it feels worse, though, right? Is it the Marlins or the Tigers? It's got to be the Tigers, right? I mean, it is one thing to, to get a 29 spot put up on you, but at least the Marlins scored. I mean, to lose 19-0, to that's that's got to be worse. Oh, man. That is it for the headlines from yesterday, though. Let's talk Padres. So, the Padres, they beat the Rockies last night. Zach Davies on the mound, top of the first. Trevor Story comes up. He hits a homer. He hits a homer. Colorado takes the early lead, 1-0. But once again, the Padres... They are just never out of games. I know it was only a one-run lead, but just the instant response. Mitch Moreland comes up, bottom of the first. He hits a two-run yaya. His first is a Padre. Hopefully that gets him going with Hosmer being out for a few weeks here. Padres take the lead 2-1. to After that first inning, Davies did get it going. He was wheeling and dealing until we get to the top of the sixth. Matt Kemp, ex-Padre, who he's looking pretty beefy nowadays. He's He's got that beefcake bod, you know. I'm not one to talk, but he's uh, he's put on some pounds since the Padre days. He hit a two-run homer off of Davies, give the Rockies the lead again, 3-2. to two, But once again, that instant response by the Padres in the bottom of the six. 
First batter in the inning, Moreland, he works a walk. Then Will Myers, he comes up, hits a triple into the right center gap, ties the game, and then Jake Cronenworth, he lines one past Trevor Story, and the Padres take the lead again, 4-3. to three. They would add an insurance run in the eighth. Once again, Myers, who <laughs> ever since that video where I was saying that he's kind of average, he's been killing it. Again, though, this is the Rockies, but it's almost like I gave him – so you know how when you'll be watching a game, right, and, and then somebody will be commentating. So, for example, we'll talk – let's just say NFL, right? So they'll be talking to NFL and the commentator will be going, well, like this kicker has made 10 of his last – he's made 10 of his last attempts from over 50 yards. And then because he said that, the kicker will miss. So that's called the commentator curse, right, where they just they, – they, they speak things into reality, you know? I've given Will Myers the commentator blessing. <laughs> and I hope that that continues with the playoffs. And it's not just, it doesn't stop after this. But yeah, so once again, bottom of the eighth, Myers hits a double to left. And then Austin Nola, who's been sensational since coming over from the Mariners, he hits a single to drive him in. We get that insurance run. Top of the ninth, Trevor Rosenthal comes in. He has a one, two, three, ninth. He gets his ninth save of the season, his second as a Padre, and they go on to win the game 5-3. We get that sweep, and they've been playing just amazing baseball right now. Davies gets another win. He is now 7-2. and 7-2 and two on this on the season. He's killing it. His, his finishing stat line, six innings, five hits, three earned, two walks, and eight strikeouts. Man, he, he's been my favorite pitcher to watch this year because his his changeup has been so good. And then his fastball, right? I'm using quotes right now because the other guys in rotation throw gas. But his fastball, uh, it, it clocks, uh, it taps out at about 90 miles an hour. But it's so crazy because his changeup's so good and he's been so accurate with it this season that when he throws his fastball, they're all thinking off speed. And so they're late on a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. It's been really cool to watch Davies pitch this year and have a, have one of his, I think it's his best career season ever. So it's been awesome. Uh, Dan Altavia, he came in the seventh again, his second um, appearance for the Padres. He had another great outing. Uh, he had he only gave up one hit and two strikeouts. Drew Pomeranz was in the eighth. He did struggle a little bit in that beginning, uh, at the beginning of that inning. Uh, he uh, had an error uh, on a Blackman hit. And actually, uh, the Padres pitchers, uh, they've had 10 errors this year. It's actually the most in baseball, which is uh, 10 errors isn't a lot, but it's still, uh, you don't, you don't, you don't like that, uh, that stat, you know, especially coming into playoff time. But, uh, you know, so that happened. He had an error and then he walked, I believe he walked a batter or he gave up two singles. I think he gave up two singles. Um, but yeah, so he did struggle, but then he bounced back to keep that zero ERA the Padres are now 17-5 and five in their last 22 games. They've won four straight. I love this team. There's so much fun to watch every day. It's nice that they could still provide offset, um, offense when uh, people like Tatis and Machado are struggling. Machado uh, was 0-4 tonight or yesterday. So it's good that they, they, they are still manufacturing ways to win. You know, they don't have to just blow people out they can win a close game they have uh rosenthal now that comes in and he can he can give a save for them you know it's it's they're a lot of fun to watch i cannot wait for the postseason they're in the fourth spot 
in the National League right now. I'm excited. Tonight, the Padres start a four-game series against the surprisingly red-hot Giants. The Giants are um, playing really well right now. They've won 15 of their last 20, and they're on a five-game heater. So this is a really important series. On the mound tonight for the Padres, Chris Paddock, he'll be looking to bounce back. He's got a 4.75 ERA on the season. In his last six starts, this is how bad he's been. Uh, he's one, one, and one for four, one win, four loss. Uh, he's given up 20 runs and 35 hits. Eight of those hits, or er, yeah, eight of those hits have been home runs. On the mound for the Giants, it's former Padre Trevor Cahill from Oceanside. He comes in with a 2.65 ERA. It's a little misleading though. Uh, in the five starts that he's pitched, he's only gone 17 innings. He's had some injury issues this season. His last time out, he went two and two-thirds, gave up two hits, one run, two walks, and two strikeouts. Okay, let's let's talk football. All right? Let's, let's do it. So tonight, Thursday night football, season opener, we got the Houston Texans against the Kansas City Chiefs. The line for this game is Kansas City minus nine. For those of you that don't bet, essentially – uh, if you bet Kansas City, that you're going to bet that they win by nine or more. If you want to bet Houston, that would be you take the Texans plus nine, which means that the Houston Houston will lose by nine or less. I believe that's how it works. Is it nine or less, or is it? Oh no, we've butchered it. Okay, <laughs> look it up. I'm not 100 sure I said that right. Okay, last time these teams played in the AFC divisional round. The Chiefs won 51. They, hang, they hanged a 50-burger on the Texans. They won 51-31. to 31. Texans actually were up, if you remember. They were up 24-zip in that game, and the Chiefs came all the way back in the second quarter, by the way. They scored 28 points in the second quarter to lead at halftime, and then they came all the way back, you know, and then, so they're leading at halftime, and then they ended up winning that game by 20. Looking on the Texans side of thing, Houston last year, uh, they went 10-6. and six. The big difference from last year, no DeAndre Hopkins. He is now an Arizona Cardinal. Thank you so much, Bill O'Brien. Uh, this was one of the worst trades I've ever seen. I've tried to I've tried to think of why, you know, just from a football standpoint, this trade makes absolutely no sense. I know that there was there was a falling out between Bill O'Brien and Hopkins, but oh man, this is brutal. And I think the only reason Bill O'Brien's even allowed to get away with this is because uh, Houston didn't have a GM last year, and then at the end of last season, Bill O'Brien was appointed as a GM. So he's kind of like <laughs> um, if you guys have seen Semi Pro, he's kind of like Will Fair, uh, Jackie Moon. There we go. He's like Jackie Moon. Will Ferrell's character in Semi-Pro, where uh, Jackie Moon is the player, coach, pregame announcer, owner. <laughs> He's everything for that, that team. Uh, so, yeah, Bill O'Brien is the head coach and the GM. But, anyways, let me detail this, this trade real quick if you didn't read it. So, the Cardinals got DeAndre Hopkins um, in exchange for... David Johnson and a second round pick. There was also a fourth round pick, but both teams gave up a fourth round. So those cancel out. 
I mean, it makes no sense for Houston at all. Number one, you inherit David Johnson's contract, which is what Arizona was trying to get rid of. So just this year, I, this year it's going to be upwards of $13 million that Houston just has to eat. Like that was in, that was just for no reason, Houston. Honestly, I'm just so dumbfounded by the move that that's why I'm not speaking right now. There's literally no reason for Houston to do this. You could probably, like, Johnson was most likely at the end of his contract going to be a free agent. You could probably pick him up for $2 million. Instead, Houston's like, no, we'll take him and we'll inherit his $13 million contract for whatever reason. The second thing, they lose one of the best wide receivers in the league. And they don't necessarily replace him. You know, they went out and signed Brandon Cooks. They still have Will Fuller. They also went out and signed veteran Randall Cobb, who was on the Cowboys last year. And they have Kenny Stills. But I Brandon Cooks, who is good on his best days, you know, and Will Fuller, who's also a stud, the main issue with those two guys is that they're extremely injury prone. For example, Brandon Cooks is questionable tonight with a quad injury. So he might not even play. And then Will Fuller has never gone a full season. So you get rid of one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in the league. For me, he's top three. And you don't really, I mean, you you can't replace a guy like that. And then the third thing, David Johnson was horrific last year running the ball. I mean, he's a good pass catcher. So maybe with David, with uh, Deshaun Watson in there, maybe, you know, you do more passing plays. But you already have Duke Johnson, uh, the other running back, who I actually like a lot. That was from, uh, that was on the Browns. I uh, I don't get it at all. You know, he might be past it. Arizona didn't want him. They traded in the middle of the season for Kenyon Drake. That's how much they didn't want to use David Johnson. So overall, this deal just makes no sense, and it was terrible, and I don't understand it. You lose your best player, and you get a guy back who could be could be could still be really good, but is will most likely be serviceable. And that's what they had last year in Carlos Hyde. At running back, they couldn't re-sign him, but I don't understand why you don't go pick up a guy on free agency. You know, maybe like Devonte Freeman, he's still looking for a team. Uh, it just makes no sense to me. Also, on the Texan side of thing, they didn't they didn't address the offensive line at all. Really, they picked up a tackle in the fourth round, and then last year they uh, spent big for Laramie Tunsil, getting him over from the Dolphins, which is good for he's one of the he's you know one of the best left tackles in the league, which is great for Deshaun Watson but we didn't address the rest of the line. So Watson all year, again, is probably going to be running for his life and having to make ridiculous plays like he always does. But he probably gets sacked a bunch too. I, I just don't get it. The defense also, they didn't really improve. As, they didn't really improve either. Um, I love J.J. Watt, but, uh, you know, because of all the injuries he's had these past couple of seasons, he's not the player he used to be, you know. He, he cannot be the best player on your defense anymore. You need other guys around him. And, you know, I feel that they did not do enough on defense. They were terrible last year. They didn't have a pro bowler on defense last year. A team that wins their division that didn't have a pro bowler. I mean, this team is on Deshaun's, Deshaun Watson's back. It's similar to how Seattle works. We'll talk about them tomorrow. But it's the same thing. And as much as I love Deshaun Watson, he's not Russell Wilson. Not yet, anyways. The main issue with this team, though, despite the offensive stuff, despite the terrible, horrendous trade, Despite all of that, they're just so inconsistent. They'll just go through stretches where they 
they will win games that they're not supposed to win on paper, and then they'll lose the games that are just that are gimmies. You know, they'll play they'll play down to teams that are worse than them, or they'll just have games where they don't show up. Right. So Houston last year they came off a big win, and then they went to play Baltimore. Right, and um. I do pickums, right? So I won't, I picked Houston in that game because they came off a huge win, and I thought that they would perform, and they got absolutely annihilated by Baltimore. Then they turn around the next week and beat a really good team. I I just I don't get it with with this roster. Every year I look at Houston, I'm saying, oh, this is going to be a really good team, and then they always find ways to underperform. Yes, they made the playoffs. Yes, they beat a Bills team. Yes, they got to the divisional round against the Chiefs, who were the eventual Super Bowl winners, but. For me, they don't do enough, and I think that the main reason is Bill O'Brien. I don't. I think he needs to be gone. It's hard to fire Bill O'Brien though because they've won the division these past few years, and he keeps getting them to the playoffs. So, but I think he's got to go, and I don't know if that's going to happen. So, for me, Houston this year, they'll probably. I don't think they'll win the division this year. They'll probably be in the playoff spot. I don't know. I I don't really see any like long term success with this team as long as Bill O'Brien's there. Moving over to the defending Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they were able to retain a lot of their roster going into the offseason, which is one of the big uh, concerns you have as a Super Bowl winner. You know, coaching staff, players on the roster, things like that. They were able to retain most of that heading into this season. Uh, exciting debut for the rookie, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He was drafted at the last pick of the first round. If you play any fantasy football, um, Good for you. I love fantasy football. I was going to say that he's on my fantasy football team, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, tip for your fantasy football team, if you do play fantasy, uh, make sure if you have any Chiefs running backs or wide receivers that you don't put them in your flex in case there's an injury. In case there's an injury later on in Sunday, then you can move players out. So make sure you do that. It's a little tip. Anyways... So, rookie Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he's debuting. It's a guy that Mahomes handpicked. He said, I want this guy on my team, and the Chiefs got it done. Very excited about that. Uh, they had a guard opt out this season. I believe oh, – I'm blanking on his name. He's he's actually a doctor. He's out saving lives. Uh, but they signed two guards to add some more depth – or two offensive linemen, Calicio Semele from the Jets and then Daniel Kilgore from the Dolphins. They uh, actually addressed their line more than Houston did. So, just to give you an idea. Uh, they also signed Taco Charlton. Yes, his first name is Taco. From the University of Michigan. Uh, he is, will join his former Michigan teammate, Frank Clark. On the defensive front, he'll probably back him up on that defensive front. Uh, this is a team that was able to retain Chris Jones as well. That was a big deal in the offseason they weren't sure they're going to able to bring chris jones back for them on the on that defensive line he's a big deal they're able to do that and sign mahomes to the 500 million dollar deal which is just insanity i mean this chiefs team's really good offensively they're they haven't missed a beat they, they won't they probably won't skip a beat there might be a little bit of a learning curve with the guards right one thing to keep in mind i hope that this game isn't sloppy but it definitely could be Right, shorter off season for these guys. No preseason games. You know the corona issues as well. So 
We will see, though. I expect the game to be a good one. My prediction for this one, though, I don't know if it'll be close. It might be close early, you know, trying to iron out the kinks in the first in the first half. There could be turnovers, things like that. But I think the Chiefs are going to steamroll in this one. It won't be close. I think that they're going to come out at home, you know, then die to play football. I think they're going to come out and they're going to roll face tonight, destroy the Texans. But knowing the Texans, this is this is what I'm saying though about the Texans. This is a game that they could win. They could come out, win this game, and then look flat the next week. They're just they're so up and down, man. It's crazy. But I do expect the Chiefs to win tonight, get this football season started on the right note, and I'm just pumped for later tonight, man. Oh, so excited for football to finally be here. Yes. That is it, though, for this episode of Yerks Talks. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, feel free to share it with any friends, family, co-workers, anyone that you think would enjoy it. The support so far has been awesome. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. From the bottom of my heart, I appreciate you. Tomorrow, we're going to recap the Thursday night football game, and then we will preview the rest of the NFL games on the weekend that are happening this weekend. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be a great episode. I'll probably go more in-depth on some of the teams, too, like I did tonight with Houston and Kansas City, talk about maybe some of their signings, what the record was last year, things that look forward to, um, maybe some ones to watch, players I think that might have a good season, things like that. It'll be an exciting episode. I'm looking forward to it. Last episode of the week, too. We made it a week. Well, not Technically not yet, but we're going to make it a week. It's going to be really cool, man. Uh, like I said, hope you enjoyed it. Have a good rest of your day. Enjoy the football tonight, and I will see you in the next one. I am out of here. Peace.